Yeah, that's a powerful moment, isn't it? With God speaking into a moment. And I wonder how many of you watching have, have been surprised by that, thinking, wow, this is a God who speaks. Even when we're watching a service like over the internet, God can speak into your living room. And he does that. And it's a powerful and amazing truth about the God we worship and the faith that we have. It's not just theory. Like Matt says, it's God speaking through us. And this morning, our topic is you have been sent. And it's all about how does God do that? How does this faith that we have, this God we worship, this Jesus who came to the earth, how does it change everything? And how are we involved in that? How are you involved in that? So I want to cover five things this morning as I think about that theme so you can keep track. And it's what, why, how, who and where. But let's start off with a really honest reaction that probably quite a lot of us have when we hear that statement, you have been sent. And it's what? Like, are you kidding me? Hang on. And there's two reasons why you might have that reaction to the, the theme, to that title today. And, and the first is because you might just have no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, what do you mean I've been sent? Sent where? To do what? What? So if that's you, don't worry. I'm going to explain. It's going to become more clear as we go through this talk. But maybe you're watching this and you've been coming to church for a while or you've read the Bible or you've got a bit of a faith background and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I know this is about like mission or evangelism and I'm supposed to go out and tell people about God. But if you're honest, you don't feel super thrilled when you hear that title, you have been sent. Because being sent doesn't always feel super positive, does it? I mean, I don't know what it brings to mind for you. Um, where, where, when I think of being sent somewhere, it makes me think of like being sent to your room as a kid or sent to the head teacher. It's not always got the most positive links. You know, we can feel like there's that sense of being told what to do. It's a loss of control, loss of your right to make a decision. And, and it makes us immediately defensive. Like, what if I don't want to go? And that instinctive reaction can stop us from exploring this amazing truth this potential, this possibility that I want to talk to you about this morning. So if that's you, just, just take a moment and just breathe with me, because that isn't actually what this means at all. So what does it really mean to say that you're sent? And you have to go back really to, to our place, your place in God's big story. Because you see, when Jesus turned up on the earth, all those centuries ago, God's people were in big trouble. He put them in charge. He gave them the power to make their own choices. He asked them to run this world, but they couldn't follow his laws. God longs to live with us as human beings, but his holiness is so great. And as humans, we mess up so much. Our humanity is so bare, so honest, so messy. It's just not possible. So we see in this story at the beginning of the New Testament, God makes a decision that sets a pattern of sending and he sends his son. He sends Jesus fully God and fully human and he sends him to the earth. And so there's something about sending that is deep within God's DNA. It's deep within God's story. It's central to the nature of God. And he sends Jesus to bring about something amazing, a new hope a new opportunity to change a story that it felt like was being spoken. The way the world was going, he shifts it to something much better. He restores a beautiful dream that he has for his people and his world. 
And we see in the way that Jesus lived that he has that same core instinct because right from the start, it's obvious that Jesus is a sender too. From the minute he begins calling people to follow him, to hang out with him, it's clear he's going to send them. Some of the first people he calls, a couple of fishermen, he says he could make them fishers of men. It's not just that he's saying, come hang out with me. He's saying, I'm going to send you to do something. And if you look at Luke's gospel, which is one of the first books in the New Testament, one of the four gospels that tells the story of Jesus on the earth. In chapter nine, we see him talking to this bunch of his closest friends and followers. And Luke tells us that he sends them out. But what we've got to understand is what that being sent really means, because he doesn't use the Greek word because Luke's gospel is written in Greek. He doesn't use the sort of basic word for being sent. And he also doesn't use another Greek word, which means that that you're sort of forced or compelled to do something. The word that he uses is this word apostelos. And it's a specific Greek word that refers to a really particular kind of sending. And it's the type of sending when someone of authority, like a, a king or someone like that, needs someone to do something really important for him. So he he asks someone to do it. So he chooses someone who's got the capability to do this task and he commissions them to do it. So when God sends you, it isn't like a tedious duty or a responsibility that you're lumbered with. It's a massive privilege. It's like when I was at school and the teacher, when I was a little kid, used to say like, oh, I wonder who's responsible enough to take this note to the office or something. And every kid in the class is like, me, 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 because you know if you're chosen. That says something about what the teacher thinks about you. There's a, there's a pride. There's something in this that's exciting. And that's what this sending is about. It's the God, the maker of the heavens and earth, trusting you, entrusting you with something, a mission of his. So it's something to be really excited about. So number two, then, is the why. Why on earth does God send us? Why entrust us with this mission? And and this is important because apostelos always refers to a specific, often named task. The master or the king has got something really specific in mind that he wants someone to do. And, and you remember that God sent Jesus in that first sending to bring an amazing change for people to open up this possibility and hope, the chance for God's dream to really be reality on this earth. So much better than the way it was when human beings were making such a mess of everything. And the Bible calls this the kingdom of heaven. It's what the earth would be like if God's authority and rule was the main influence on people's lives. And it makes everything better. The kingdom of heaven is about calm in the place of chaos. It's about light in the place of dark. It's about joy in the place of sorrow. Good things. And the Gospels tell us that Jesus passes on that commission to his disciples in John 20, 21. He says, as the father sent me, I am sending you. And in Luke's account, Jesus asked the disciples to tell the people about the kingdom of God. He's given them that same commission, the chance to play the part in bringing something amazing to the world. So the why of what we of why we're sent is amazing. I love this quote. Um, It's from a French poet, Antoine de de Saint-Exupéry. It's in um, Brian Sanders' book, Underground Church. And it says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood. Don't assign them tasks and work. 
Rather, teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. You know, this isn't a chore that we're being sent on. It's not like God asking you to take the bins out or something tedious you just have to do. This is the opportunity, the amazing privilege to get to be part of something that's genuine, genuinely world and life changing, to bring something good to the world, to, to, to replace some of the rubbish and difficulty that we see all around us with something else, something better, something so much more brilliant that God longs to bring. Ponder that for a minute. But there's one more thing that God says, that, that Luke says in that passage that they're sent to do the disciples. He says that they're sent to tell people about the kingdom, which feels like, yeah, something I could do. I could talk to people. Then he says they're sent to heal the sick. And you're like, mm, okay, that is a little bit more tricky. I'm not really sure how I'm going to pull that off. And that brings me on to the next thing, which is number three, how. How on earth does the person who's commissioned pull off this mission that's asked of them? You know, this is a godly mission as as ordinary human beings. How on earth can we do it? And the answer to that is also captured in the wider meaning of this word apostelos, because when you're apostelos, the, the commissioned person, you as the person given the chance to do this mission, you go about it carrying the authority of the person who sent you. So if a king asks you to do something, the people who then interact with you, they have to respond to you as though you were the king because you carry that authority with you for the purpose and duration of the task. And in Luke 9, before Jesus sends out the disciples, he speaks over them and he gives them authority and, and remember, that's amazing because the master's authority in this case is, is God. And, and he also speaks power over them. He gives them power. And it's the Greek word dynamis. It's, it's the same Greek word that we get our word dynamite from. And it's the power of God that's, that's supernatural, that's phenomenal, that can blast its way through blockages, find a way through any problem. So again, just ponder that for a minute. When we're sent on God's mission, we get the opportunity to carry God's supernatural breakthrough power. So you're sat there feeling really ordinary. That's okay. You are not superhuman, but you carry something supernatural. Maybe you've noticed this little badge that I've got on here that says supernatural. This is a little badge from Headstrong, which is this project that I've been involved in launching recently. And, and the point of this badge is to remind you, you're not superhuman, but you have the opportunity to carry something human supernatural. And maybe you're sat there thinking, well, all right, maybe you, Kate, or maybe Dawn, she seemed pretty impressive, or maybe Matt and Amy, you know, it must be the amazing people or the superhuman people or, or leaders of the church, at least. It cannot be me sat here in my front room in my pajamas. This cannot be me. But let's go on to point four. Who does God send? Who is this for? Because it wasn't just the 12 disciples Jesus sent. It wasn't just this little select group of people. In fact, in the next chapter of Luke, he gathers an even bigger bunch of people and he sends them too. And he tells them that this needs to be something a lot more people do. And he uses the metaphor of a harvest. He's saying the harvest is huge and it's ripe, but there's not enough people to bring it in. And that would have been really evocative language to the people of that time who lived this kind of hand to mouth existence. They risked literal starvation if the harvest wasn't brought in. They couldn't just pop down to Sainsbury's to get some food. So when Jesus said that, he's speaking real urgency over it. 
But people sometimes write themselves out of this. They say, it's not for me. It's just some specific people who were supposed to do this amazing opportunity, this amazing task. And sometimes that's because of something that's written in a letter in the New Testament called 1 Corinthians. And it's written by one of the first missionaries and teachers in the early church. It's a guy called Paul. And he's talking about the kingdom of God and, and how does this become something that's reality on earth? And he says it's this rhetorical question in, in um, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. He says, is everyone an apostle and you're supposed to go like no obviously not Paul but what he's talking about there is 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 the noun it's not the verb that I've been talking about here it's like he's using it almost like a job title it's like is everybody called to do this as their job as their main part of their identity and it's a bit like saying, is everyone a teacher? Well, I'm not a teacher, no, but I do quite a lot of teaching. I teach my kids stuff, hopefully, on a good day. Hopefully they learn something from me. And that's the difference that we're talking about here. So you may not be like called like someone like Dawn is to go out and be a missionary somewhere, but you are still sent. You are still commissioned. You are still given the opportunity to do this amazing thing of bringing something great to the world. And Paul is very clear in Corinthians 12, in verse 27, he says really clearly, you are the body of Christ. And it's this universal you, you, me, all of us. We're all a part of this amazing movement of people who together carry this message of hope that is the kingdom of heaven. That's the way it plays out. That's how God has his influence on this earth. It's like each of us carries a part of something amazing, like a tiny jigsaw piece. And the only way that this world will see the full picture is if we all recognize what we're invited to carry, this invitation to be part of God's mission, to bring better things to the world. So five, the last thing to ponder, which is where, where are we sent? And you know what? This isn't actually rocket science, but some people spend endless, intense, serious, earnest hours of praying and exploring and investigating their calling. I remember when I was a student, I used to live with a guy who did this and I would quite often come down in the morning and the house was in darkness and I'd be walking through to go and get my first cup of coffee of the day. And suddenly ah, there he would be sat in the dark, like just praying and and seeking God. And you know what? He was someone who had a real sense of being called, but he spent so long praying. I don't think he ever actually went out and did anything. He probably has now. That was a long time ago. But you see, the risk is, is that we get so bogged down with trying to figure this out that we never leave the house. But the answer is actually pretty simple. You see, in the Gospels, the directions that Jesus gives are refreshingly vague in some ways. The, the disciples and that bigger group of 70 are sent everywhere. Do you remember what an amazing privilege and opportunity this is? What you're carrying could change the world. It could change the life of every person you meet. This supernatural power could help people find a way in situations right now that they're facing that they see no way through. We, we should want to take this message everywhere we go. And here's one last interesting detail about Luke's account of Jesus commissioning that bigger group of people in Luke 10. So when he sends them, Luke specifically says that they are sent. This is the NIV. It says they are sent ahead of Jesus to every town and place where he was about to go. Now, hang on. Did you hear that? Ahead of Jesus. 
several of us will be used to the concept, much more used to the concept that God goes ahead of us. God prepares the way for us. But here it's the other way around. And the Greek that Luke uses is really revealing. It implies that something about the result of them going there the result of their willingness to step into something, pick up this mission and say, yes, I'm up for this and take it to whichever place they went to. As a result of that, Jesus would go there too. And then something was sure or certain to happen. Their willingness to carry this mission in their human ordinariness is the first step in seeing God's supernatural power break out, seeing change for the better. By accepting this commission, we carry God into places where his power is so desperately needed. I love the way that Paul, that guy who I talked about a little bit ago, that he talks in another one of his letters about this mission that God invites us to. This is Philippians 2.15 and it's from the message. And this is what we have the opportunity to do, the calling to do. This is what God says. I trust you to do this. Are you up for it? And Paul puts it like this. He says, go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light giving message into the night. Where, I wonder, could you take this amazing light giving message? Who do you connect with? Where do you hang out? Where do you have influence? Family, friends, your workplace, school, college or uni, your street, your community, the mums and dads you see on the school run, the people you play football with. Who knows? This afternoon, we have the chance to take this amazing message out to Westmill and the streets around the Priory School where we normally meet. This, this is an amazing privilege and chance to bring something of light and hope in a moment that actually for many people is really tough. And, and you know what? I want to suggest to you, this is not something you need to spend hours earnestly trying to decide whether God is calling you to do. Why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you get involved between 2.30 and 3.30? Why wouldn't you come and be part of that, either in person if you can, come down on the streets, hand out some postcards, get involved chatting and praying to people, or be online praying if you're not able to come in person? That's just as significant a way to get involved because there has never been a time, I suggest, when people more need to hear a message of hope and light and future. This is not the end. God has a better story to speak over this world, whether that's the world in Mozambique that we've heard Dawn talking about, whether it's our world here in Hitchin or Letchworth or Stondon or Stevenage or Luton, wherever you are, whether it's your world and the things that you're facing right now that you don't know what to do about, the things you can't see a way through. There is hope. There is possibility. There is power that can change everything. But the commission, the opportunity, the ask is to you and to me. Will we do it? Will we take it out there? We have been sent. So let's take a moment just to pray and maybe hold our hands out to God and just recognise, you know, we, we feel daunted by this, but excited at the same time. And Lord God, we so long to see the good things that you can bring to our neighbourhood, to the people we love, to people we haven't even met yet. We recognise that these are difficult and frightening times for so many people. 
We think of those who are facing those times with no knowledge of your love and presence, no hope of your bigger plan and promise. And we hear your call to carry this message of hope to everyone, everywhere. Work in our hearts, Lord God, grow our excitement and our passion for doing this. And where there is fear of what this might mean, I pray that you bring peace, that you bring courage. Where there's challenge or struggle with it, I pray you would just grow the desire for the change that you bring. Where there's confusion or question, I just pray that you would speak to people about how they should go, how they should make a difference. Give them clarity about what their piece of the puzzle could be, how they can play their part. Thank you, Lord God, that we get to be part of this amazing worldwide movement of yours. May we carry our commission well, Lord God, so the world can see the true extent and potential of your amazing kingdom, power and promise. Help every one of us to see our part in this. Just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.